Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. You should go towards what is most uncomfortable because mm. in doing that, you address the challenges in life that if solved correctly, will take you to the sort of next level of the game. And fear is, fear is natural and so... Feeling that fear in itself should not be a deterrent to, to chasing after the things that, that you want to chase after. Hi everyone and welcome back to A Millennial Mind. Today, I'm interviewing one of the youngest CEOs I know. Leaving his investment banking career and starting his own company at just the age of 24, he created an innovative female-focused nutrition brand selling powdered meals and supplements specifically formulated for the female body. With their products sold in 42 countries and counting, and with over a million shakes sold worldwide, I am really excited to introduce the next guest of the show, the CEO of FreeSoul, Arjun Sofat. So hi, Arjun. Thanks so much for coming. I'm really excited for you to be here, and I just can't wait for us to talk about the company and how you can help others. No, absolutely. I'm super excited too, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. No, not at all. So everyone's going to be really excited to hear about your journey. So let's talk about how you created this brand called FreeSoul. Sure. So for all my sins, my background is in investment banking. So after graduating uh, in economics, I uh, joined Barclays Investment Bank in their M&A team. And it was, it was an incredible time. So learned a lot, massively financially focused, which is what I'm interested in. Lots of numbers, tough hours, but that's what you can yeah. do. Um, <laughs> But while I was there, unfortunately, my dad suffered a really serious health scare. And it, it was an incredibly stressful time for myself. But more importantly, it was very stressful for my mom. And during that time, she basically turned to exercise as a stress outlet. And naturally, when she started working out and paying attention to her fitness, she started paying attention to what she was fueling her body with, so nutrition. But mm. despite her best efforts, she, she couldn't find products that were genuinely innovative and specific to supporting female wellness. And that was a massive problem. And compound, compounding that issue was the fact that the brands that were in the market that, that claimed to be targeting women were basically weight loss brands or, or, they, or they were just not innovating on the nutrition front. So I was then faced with two problems within the market. One was a lack of innovation with respect to nutrition. And the other side of it was a lack of brands that really championed the modern day female consumer. So 
something that, that I always say is, you know, when you walk into Nike town, you, you feel like an athlete yes. because of the way they make you feel. It's, it's nothing to do necessarily with anything tangible. It's an intangible feeling. And, and, and no nutrition brand out there was delivering that same feeling for the end users, for the female market. And so particularly because of what was happening in my family, I, I felt that was a massive issue. And so I quit my job at the time and started looking for nutritionists that could help me develop exactly the formula that would deliver real impactful change to women's lives. And so after searching sort of long and hard, talking to a lot of people, I found someone called Dr. Adam Cunliffe. And so he's a professor, a clinical nutritionist, uh, and super well published. And so we started working together on the formulation. And while that was going on, we I started developing a brand to combat both those issues at the same time. And sort of long story short, that took about six months-ish. And we launched at the end of 2017, early 2018. Amazing. So you've touched on a few things that I want to pick up on. So you talk about going through this health scare with your family. What point did you give up your job? What was the trigger that made you make that switch from your corporate career and having that strength to kind of leave? Because I think a lot of people listening to this will have a lot of things that they want to pursue. Sure. Um, and some of those pe- some of those things, you know, people say you should use your pain as a driver. Um, but I think, you know, you, you don't have to necessarily use your pain as a driver. Why can't you use a state of joy and inspiration to motivate you to do something? But it's really a big decision to make and you have to be really brave when you're making that decision. So at what point did you make that decision to say, okay, you know, this is what's, what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to be good at it. I know I'm going to... I want to try and I just need to do this right now. Sure. I think I think it's a combination of a few things. So one is that I always knew that I would go into some form of business. Um, okay. In terms of my family, both my both my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family are involved in business. And so I've grown up around discussions that are focused on, you know, what, what what's growth looking like? How can we expand yes. this or that? And and it's what I've always found exciting and interesting. So I knew at some stage I would go into business. And so it's always been in, you know, in my focus somewhere. But specifically why that point? I think it's because the problem presented itself at that specific time, paired with the fact that I was going through something very stressful. And, and there was a very obvious gap in the market. There was naturally a lot of kind of commercial research that I had to undertake before quitting my job. So what is investment like in the space? Can you raise money? Um, what is the exit plan? All, all of those sort of questions needed to be answered before I quit. And, and so naturally I did that. Once I was able to answer everything, that's when I took the decision to leave my job. I think you've gone into a really saturated market um, and listeners will, like I said, have loads of ideas about concepts or products, um, but there's just too many people in the game. You know, protein, um, the protein industry itself is saturated. How did you break through a saturated market and find your USP? Sure. I think before I answer, I'm just conscious I haven't actually described what FreeSoul does. So FreeSoul is a female-focused nutrition brand and, and the goal of the business is to impact female lives through our products uh, and through the messages that we spread. So essentially what we're about is convenient and affordable nutrition. We don't yeah. think of ourselves as a protein brand, although that is something that we do sell, but we have other other SKUs on top of this too. So so that's what, that is what we do for anyone listening that's not familiar. Um, but in terms of the market itself, when you look at when you look at the protein market, if you were to look at that in, it, in isolation, it, it's full of brands that aren't innovating and are 
Mm. And I'm really speaking in a way that doesn't resonate with, with the modern day consumer. Plus, when you look at those who are focused specifically on female health, th the gap is massive and the number of players is actually tiny. So if you were to go up against um, a discount brand, uh, I won't name any, but I'm, I'm sure many yeah. of them are familiar. Um, then, yeah, that, that's, a difficult, that, that's a difficult kind of journey and a different story entirely. But we're not going after that market at all. Uh, mm. We've got a lot of exciting new product development that taps into this. We have very concrete numbers into the size of the opportunity. And, and naturally, we needed to satisfy ourselves first before actually developing the business plan and, and going into the details of how, it, how is it exactly that we're going to grow. And so respectfully, I would disagree that the market that we're going into is not saturated. There's, there's a mm. massive gap that we're still growing into, which is one of the reasons why we're um, still experiencing massive growth kind of two years into the journey. Your purpose is really clear and you can really hear your passion when you're explaining that because to say, you know, you're not a protein brand at first, it's about nutrition, it's about helping women. I think that's really clear. And I think that's probably why you are doing so well and why your, you know, your purpose is really coming across, not only in this conversation, but also in terms of your brand. One thing I wanted to ask is, are you vegan? I'm transitioning. So I'm vegetarian oh. and I'm trying to cut down on my dairy. I think, you know, especially given the fact that we're not a pure play vegan company, we do have dairy products mm. on our website. Mm. I think it's about being realistic to a certain extent. A lot of people do not simply want to go vegan overnight, although there are, yeah. there are definitely clear health and environmental benefits of doing so. Often it's a, it's a transition or, or even a reduction in the consumption of non-vegan products. And we understand that as a brand. And, and that's sort of what, what I experience as well. So I, I have sort of vegan Tuesdays, cutting down yeah. on as much dairy as I possibly can. So not fully vegan yet, but hopefully by the next time we speak, I, I can say that I am. Absolutely. You know, I think we often put labels on ourselves to say, you know, it can be either or, you can either be vegan or you're not. Yeah. Um, and we put these boundaries in place to say, well, if you're not going to be vegan, then don't kind of contribute to that at all. So don't have, you know, three days a week when you're vegan, because you're not a flexitarian. And we put so many labels on ourselves. Yeah. And that kind of deters people from making any kind of change. So I don't think there should be a hard and fast rule, you know, you should do what's within your comfort zone and what's within your reach. You know, I was vegan, for almost three years and it really didn't work for my body okay. and so I've, I've transitioned back that doesn't mean I can't eat vegan food so you know when we go out and I choose a vegan thing people will say oh well you can't eat that because you're not vegan anymore you know exactly. we need to get rid of these labels and you know you can you can work to things that benefit you and you can do things that are going to be flexible around your schedule um, and around what you want so I completely agree on that you don't necessarily need to be vegan to have a vegan company yeah, definitely. And I think it also comes down to kind of marginal gains. So if you're doing it for the environment, there are clear marginal gains to be had by kind of introducing a, a vegan day of the week for yourself. So that that in itself, if everyone were to do that, it would make a massive difference to the planet. And you are definitely contributing to it, even if you're not vegan 100% of the time. Um, mm. Although it's, of course, great if you are. Absolutely. I completely agree. So I want to talk to you about being a millennial CEO and how this is different from previous generations. We now have access to social media, um, the internet, you know, companies' information is just spread 
all over the internet and there's a lot of pressure on doing well because you're more exposed. You know, when you set up a company and you tell your friends about it and you tell your family about it, they can just Google your name. They can find all of your information online. And there's really no escape from that as to what, you know, our predecessors had previously. Yeah. So were you nervous about that? Did you think about that before you started this company? Not really is the honest answer, because I think, as you say, there are so many ways for people to access you nowadays. And, and it's easy to get distracted by that. But as long as you stay focused on why it is you're doing what you're doing, and the sort of first principle fundamentals around what is important for the business, and therefore, what should you be doing on a daily basis? If you were to sort of list everything out, paying attention to what other people might think or might not think is really low down on the, on that list. And, it, and it's easy to sort of distract you. But I, I th- for me personally, no, not at all. It, it doesn't kind of occupy any attention, although that's definitely true that it is, it is an added sort of element that sort of previous generations may not have had to deal with. But equally, there are massive benefits to it as well. So because of things like social media, you can reach more people in different countries. So free sold sells to people in 42 countries now. And, and that wouldn't have wow. been possible without social media and, and the ability for people in all corners of the globe to just see what it is that we're doing uh, and access our website. Um, and so there, there are pros and cons. And I think you have to take the good with the bad to be able to kind of maximize the opportunity. Absolutely. And have you experienced this in any, in any negative way? Personally, no, but I, I think that's probably a function of, of just staying focused. So, yeah. you know, I don't tend to be the type of person to pay attention to anything outside what needs to be totally focused on anyway. So personally, no, I've not experienced any sort of negative downside of it. It's, it's been very positive. I think the entrepreneurial community in general is massively supportive. So a lot of my close friends that I didn't know before starting Freesold, but but I know now, are all running their own companies. They're all doing, you know, really well. And they're there to support. And and that's a big upside of just the internet, um, being able to connect with really like-minded individuals. So for me, it's been a really positive experience so far. Amazing. So you talk about, you know, being really focused. How do you make sure you're really focused? That's a really interesting one. I'm, and I'm not too sure what the, what the answer is in a, in a generic form. For me, as long as I stay alert of what it is that I'm trying to do and, and crucially why it is I'm doing what I'm doing, I think it's easy to stay focused if, if the pull towards that is, is strong enough. So something that I have sort of written on the flip chart beside me is, is the word value accretive. And so it, it sort of reminds me that, you know, you can be very busy, but are you doing work that is value accretive to the business or not? Because you can be busy doing, you know, ticking off tasks and whatnot, but little prompts like that can, can help you stay focused, I guess. But there's definitely not a one size fits all type of thing for this. Absolutely. And how did you know you're going to be good at this? So I think as a generation, as a whole, people are unsure of what their strengths are. And we've been conditioned to think throughout school, throughout university, that we should just start doing something, right? And I think a lot of people started their careers or, you know, went to university and did a degree that they didn't necessarily know they wanted to do or they were good at. And now they're in jobs where they're unsure of what their skills are. How did you figure you were going to be good at this? Or did you not know? I think think being good at something is super subjective, right? So I think the Mm. first place to start with is what do you enjoy and what do you feel a really pull, strong pull towards? And 
And if you feel a really strong pull towards something, you're more likely to put in that that effort that someone else won't put in. And Absolutely. putting in more effort and caring more and 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 as a function of which you are more focused on the task at hand, you get better anyway. And so I think that should come first. So what you really care about and what you're interested in should come first because you're more likely to be good at something that you're really interested in or, or passionate about. Yeah. You naturally know, every, everyone naturally knows roughly where their skill set is. So you'll know if you're a very creative person, you'll know if you're good with numbers, you'll know if you're into fitness. And so often if your interests and your general strengths sort of pair up, you, you can have you can have reasonable confidence that you'll be you'll be relatively good at doing something if those two sort of boxes are ticked. And so I would say that's probably the starting point for, mm. for figuring out whether you'll be good at something is if you're interested in it, because you, you can't switch off when you're when you really care about something and therefore you're, you're, you're more inclined to get better. So finding your passion is something you touch on. And I think it's really important. And especially for people that are listening, a lot of people don't know where to find their passion and they don't know what their strengths are. And one of my favorite books is Brave Not Perfect by Rashma Sojani. And in that book, Rashma talks about go where your envy is. So to find your passion, go where your envy is. And when you do that, you'll start to explore things that you kind of see yourself doing. And if you don't, explore something else. So a lot of the time we look at people and we think, I wish I could do that. And when you say, I wish I can do that, that makes you think in your head, you know, you put these barriers in your head to say, oh, I can't do that because of this, right? But when people don't know what they want, they should start there because that's probably what's calling out to you. That's probably what you're most interested in. And that's something that you can explore. And, you know, like you said, build as a strength. It's not something you're going to be naturally good at. When I started this podcast, and I would say, still say now, I'm not good at editing. I can definitely be better as a host. I can definitely be better as a speaker on the podcast. And these are things I will build. These are things that I will, you know, get better with over time. But finding your passion is the start. And I think that's really important. That's a really big takeaway that you've just highlighted there. For sure. No, that, that's a really interesting one. I've not, I've not heard across, heard of that saying before, but it, it really does make a lot of sense because it seems to be your, your sort of natural calling. Absolutely. You know, when I would hear people talking about podcasts or launching them, I'd think, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous, you know, and then you put all these barriers into your, in, in your mind to say, I can't do this because of this, or I won't be successful because of that. And that comes into my next topic that I want to talk to you about is the fear of failure is something that stops people from doing what they love. It's something that stops people from even starting. How did you let go of that fear of failure? So, one of my favorite books is uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. And some, one of the biggest takeaways that I got from that book was you should go towards what is most uncomfortable because mm. in doing that, you address the challenges in life that if solved correctly, will take you to the sort of next level of the game. And fear is fear is natural. And so feeling that fear in itself should not be a deterrent to, to chasing after the things that that you want to chase after and and big goals are naturally scary and so I, I don't think fear should block you from doing what you want to do necessarily it should be it should be the opposite so if you if you feel something that makes you uncomfortable that's mm. probably a signal to actually run after it because through doing that you might discover principles or lessons that allow you to level up in the next level of, of life and so 
I think as long as your desire to win exceeds your fear of failing, then then you naturally will go after it anyway. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I found a statistic that said 20% of small businesses fail in their first year, 30% of small businesses fail in their second year, and 50% of small businesses fail after five years in business. And, you know, these kind of statistics are quite scary for people to look at before they're starting something. And I think especially for you and your Indian and within our Indian culture, you haven't gone down the traditional route for somebody. You know, you left banking and started up your own business, which like you said, you've always had business within your family. But how did you essentially manage these kind of, because I'm sure you would have that, would have had these blockers from people. How did you manage these blockers, you know, for people to say, well, you're so young, you know, you have an economics degree, but you've never started your own business. These are all barriers for people when they're starting something. How did you overcome these? I think just through thinking through them as rationally as you possibly can is is a good place to start. So there's this quote by, it's either Will Smith or, or Jay-Z, I, I can't remember who it is he says something along the lines of the people that care most about you may often put their fears on you not because mm-hmm. not because they deep down don't think you can do something but because they're genuinely concerned and, and they might be reflecting their own fears onto you and I think it's if you're aware of that then that helps you decipher what what is true from what might be an emotional response from someone and so again just thinking rationally and thinking about commercial opportunities and just being very realistic about what it is that you're going after can really help you kind of divide fact from emotion. Absolutely. So that, that's what I tried really hard to do in the early days when, when deciding whether this was the right thing to do or not, is just being very concrete with the facts and having a clear plan about what we need to do when and then going after it. And what about what about your mindset at the moment? So, you know, we've talked about starting the business and overcoming these barriers. I'm sure throughout the business and running it and setting it up, you know, launching your product, there must have been a lot of negative thoughts that came into your mind. How do you manage your mind? Different stages of the business contain different challenges. And so right now, we're definitely at the most exciting part of the business. There's a lot going on in both e-commerce and retail. And there are challenges which come with the growth that we're experiencing as well. And so it's similar to what I said before. The fact that there there are challenges in front of you is a great thing. Because once you solve them, you're at a different level. And I just remind myself of that fact. Because I think through looking at challenges through a very positive light, you're more likely to deal with things in a good and productive way. Um, so I, I meditate a lot as well. That helps you stay focused and, and helps you to understand the mind as it really is. So I use that app Headspace, which I'm sure a lot of people are using. So yeah, so yeah I think a combination of those two things. I listened to a talk the other day and there was something that really resonated with me that I think fits in really well here. And it's your perspective can be your prison. You know, the narrative you tell yourself is so important because that will shape who you are. You can tell yourself you're going to fail at something and be be fearful of something and not do it because you've already predicted the outcome. You know, it hasn't even happened and you've already, you've already said to yourself, it's going to fail. Or you can change that narrative and say, what if it doesn't? And a lot of the time, what you just said in terms of that quote by Jay-Z or Will Smith, whoever it was, every time somebody puts something negative into my mind and says, but what if it won't work out? My response now is what if it will? 
before I did this podcast, it was, what if nobody listens to it? And what if people even don't enjoy it? And then I thought, but what if they do? What if people really learn from this? And what if people really enjoy it? And even if it's one person, yeah. the ability to change one person's life is enough. Absolutely. So I always change the perspective in my mind to change my thoughts and change the narrative I tell myself to be more positive because I think having a positive mindset is really the key. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the the more the more you encourage yourself or or even surround yourself with positive people, the better it is for your ability to deal with any of the challenges that you might face and also to to frame things correctly in your own mind. So I'm lucky in that way as well. I've got a great team around me. Um and they're all very hungry for growth and success. And, and that enables you to see things from, from a different angle um, mm-hmm. and crucially a different positive angle as well. And you talk about having the right people beside you. Sure. So with your team, how did you go about hiring them? What were the things that you looked for that you wanted to represent your brand? Because what you show is that you've got a really strong purpose. You know, the the things that you want to do are really clear. You've got a really clear vision and you really do want to help women. So having a great team and having people that you're working with is really important. So they align with that vision. So what were the things you were looking for when you started hiring people to come and work for you? I think it really is about addressing the gaps in your own knowledge because there's only so much one person can do if you're really looking to grow and scale. And so essentially I mapped out the areas that FreeSoul needed to grow in and and therefore what resource do we require to make sure that that actually happens and and where will that be plugging the gap in my skill set to to ensure that they're doing a much better job than I could do if I were in that department as well. And so that's essentially how it's done. The team is still growing. Um, mm-hmm. We had someone join two days ago. We've got another join in next month. Um, and so it, the rate of team growth is, is quite high right now. And yeah. so, well, it's all relative, but for us, it, it's pretty high. Um, and so that that's essentially how I did it. We just mapped it out. And through hiring people, they, they're able to see where the gaps in their department are. So, yeah. and that comes down to hiring people that are more experienced than you. So, Alex, who runs our retail department, he's got 25 years of experience in retail. And so he fully understands how to structure a retail team, how to approach that that journey. And so through surrounding yourself with really experienced people, um, you're able to address those gaps, even in terms of team build, because they would have seen what it's like. I love that. I think that shows such a growth mindset because you're focusing on your strengths. You know, you're saying, these are the things I'm good at and these are the things that I'm lacking and these are the things I'm going to focus on. But actually, it's okay if somebody else is good at something else. You know, they can do it. They can focus on that side of things and I don't need to be good at everything. And I think that's what we're seeing as millennials is we we feel we need to be good at everything. You know, we focus so much on our weaknesses, we forget to build on our strengths. And that's something that I think is really important is that you should really focus on your strengths. There are things you can improve on. And I wouldn't say I'm not somebody that says never look at your weaknesses, but I don't focus on my weaknesses because there's just some things I'm not good at. I'm never going to be good at maths. It's just never going to be me who's going to be that person that's going to be coding. But I am good at other things. And so I focus solely on those things. And I try to get myself to a basic level of knowledge in the things that I think are needed. But with my weaknesses... I leave them. Yeah, for sure. And I think eventually it becomes a it becomes apparent where the gaps are. So if you think of like the business as, as a balloon, 
and growth is how much air is in it. As you as you expand the balloon with more and more air, you naturally cannot cover the whole thing yourself. And so you absolutely you absolutely need to hire people. And so at that point, you have a choice about who to hire. And I just think it makes perfect sense to hire people that are better than you, better than you in the areas in which you need resource. And yeah. so, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Talk a lot about growth. How do you see Free Soul is growing? You're already doing so well. You know, I've read articles about how Free Soul is dominating the vegan protein supplements market. You've secured a deal recently with Holland and Barrett. You, like you said, you're in so many different countries. How do you see this as growing? And how do you want to be the best in your field? So I think in terms of being the best, there's there's sort of two elements to it. One is the very clear-cut commercial how to grow the business. Where should revenue be? Where should it, Where should your profitability be? Where should the team build be? Those are very kind of clear-cut answers that we can sort of work backwards from our targets to see where we need to be today. So, th- so that that is a lot more clear. In terms of how do you want to be the best in terms of brand and impact, which is ultimately what people buy into, it's by speaking very specifically to our audience and being able to address their pain points. So that comes down to the content we push out. Um, mm. It comes down to our new product development. Are, are our new products actually addressing people's lives? Are they making a difference? Because if they are, then people will not only purchase once, but they'll keep on purchasing again and again, as they do with our current products. And yeah. so it really is a combination of having a, a clear commercial focus to be able to hit various targets, combining that with how we can have the biggest impact on each individual consumer through our brand and through our new product development. We're in the process of launching a brand new range, which should be out next week, which I think is going to have a massive impact on how people live their lives. So that'll be very exciting. Well, good luck with that. I will definitely keep an eye out for that. Please do. One of the things I want to talk to you about just before we close is managing a business when you're so young or at any age, to be honest, is really tough. We face a lot of conflicts. You have to manage a lot of the highs and a lot of the lows. And we've just gone through a huge pandemic and we're still actually, sorry, currently in a huge pandemic. Yeah. You know, this is something we've never seen before. How have you managed this? How have you coped with this huge pandemic that we're going through? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think with with being young and how to manage things, it's there are two sides of that coin. So one is, yes, you might be young and therefore the experience that someone older than you might not, you might not have that same level of experience, but you can combat that with, with your team. So I, I'm actually the, the youngest member of Free Soul. And so wow. everyone around me has fantastic experience. And so through doing that and, and obviously working very hard yourself, you're able to combat that point. And on the flip side of being young, given the fact that you're young, your, your mindset is not sort of templated into traditional ways of thinking about growth and, and the business. And therefore, you end up setting very aggressive targets that, that you end up achieving because you don't see the why can't it happen, you know? So, so that, that, is, that is the kind of very, very real plus side of being young. And in terms of the pandemic, I think, you know, just making it easier for, for our customers to be able to access what it is that they're looking for and make that journey easy. So we face zero delays in any of our deliveries. Um, that 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 shows our level of investment in our back end. Um, 
which customers really appreciate because there are all these companies right now who are, who are facing delays on fulfillment and shipping and their supply chain has been hit. But fortunately, mm. we've really invested in, in our supply chain. We hold adequate stock levels. Our lead times are where they should be. Um, and our warehouse is very nimble as well. And so through really investing in that, we're able to serve our customers even through the time of pandemic. That's amazing. You know, preparation is key. And I think that's something that you, it's very clear that you've been, you've been doing. This has been such a great conversation. I think so many people are going to learn so much from this. What's the one piece of advice you'd give to people who want to be entrepreneurs, young people listening to this, old people listening to this, as to how to start their own business and to really find what they want to do? What's the one piece of advice you'd give? Oh, that's, that's a really tough one. I think there, there are definitely a few bits involved, but one thing which is, which I found really helpful is surround yourself with really good information. So whether that be through the conversations that you're having with your friends or even on LinkedIn um, and, and the books that you're reading. So the more information that you can kind of absorb, the clearer the picture you will have about whether this is something that you really want to do or something that sounds exciting because you've got people like Gary Vee and Tom Bilyeu on, on Instagram shouting about how cool entrepreneurship is. But, it, you know, that as you said earlier, it's valleys and peaks. And so you really need to find out whether this is the journey that you want to embark on. And, and what, what it really entails, I mean, a, a really great reflection of the journey is a, a book called The Hard Things About Hard Things. That's a fantastic read, which I'd really recommend. Another one is The Founder's Dilemma. That's fantastic too. And there's a huge sort of long list of, of various books that, that will give you a true picture of the inside of running your own business. And, and genuinely, genuinely just having conversations with people. So I get loads of messages on LinkedIn about, can I have a phone call? Can we chat for five, 10 minutes? And everyone, everyone is more than happy to help. And so just drop someone a message. Uh, and speak to them and just ask them the questions that you want to ask. I'd say that's probably probably my number one piece of advice as a starting point. So I think the other thing that's probably worth mentioning is why it's called FreeSoul and why that sort of relates to the question that you just asked. And FreeSoul represents a state of emotion uh, and it's a feeling of liberation and being free of constraints and being able to choose any path that you wish to choose. And that really applies to your ambitions as well. So once you've chosen what it is that you want to go after, I would say focus in on it and just work like hell. Um, so that that would be the, the other takeaway that I would give. Absolutely. I think, you know, what you said in terms of what Gary Vee said and Tom Billy, these are really great people. Yeah. And if you really want to do something, there's so much information out there. There's so many people that are willing to help you. And like you said, there's always a way. I think that's a really great piece of advice. And thank you so much for coming. I think it's been so great. I forgot to mention, I've tried free soul and I really enjoyed it. I put oh, loads amazing. of in. I had the chocolate flavor. It was really great. And you can find a lot of their products on their website, which is herfreesoul.com. We've actually got a discount code for all of our listeners today. So for 15% off free soul products, use the code Shivani on herfreesoul.com. You can also check out their Instagram, which is Free Soul Sisters. So thank you, Arjun, for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Shivani. Thanks for having me on. Hi, everyone. And thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my third podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. So please email a millennial mind at hotmail.com with any feedback or questions around the show. 
don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and share with your family and friends. I look forward to hearing from you and I'll catch you in the next podcast next week.